is uh, Christopher Lash and welcome to the 41st Live Bank Water podcast about the weird and wacky world of Polish football. We've been away for quite a while uh, due to other commitments. Uh, <laughs> through, uh, in the time of uh, coronavirus, uh, to fill the Polish football-shaped hole in your lives, uh, we're hopefully going to do a series of retro podcasts about some of the crazy things and great teams of the past while we wait for real football to come back. Although it is sort of back, uh, but only reruns of retro. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the it's the only good thing about the coronavirus: the reruns at on Canal Plus with the old. Uh, uh, Liga League shows uh, is the uh, best. Today, the Polish match today, sort of, of its time. Um, unfortunately, if you're abroad, you can't see it, but it really is uh, a wonderful trip, trip into um, yeah. this world which seems so far away uh, and yet uh, theoretically so, not that long. Yeah. That we love so much. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's fantastic. For, I mean, we'll talk about it a bit later, but it's fantastic for me because obviously. Uh, when I was 20, I wasn't living in Poland. Uh, so it's just like, uh, it's just brilliant, like documentary. F- I, I just love it. It's fantastic. But might talk a bit about that later. But anyway, we want to talk about retro things. Um, and some people, I know some of our fans uh, have been like trying to get us to do a retro podcast for like maybe three years. So finally, <laughs> this is uh, uh, the chance to do this. Um, we're going to start off by looking at uh, one of the darkest, but also perhaps, let's say, most comedic um, elements of Polish football history, uh, which is match-fixing. Um, there's lots to talk about, and to do so, my guest will be the wonderful Maciej Sominski. So, hi, Maciej. Hello, good to be back after all those years. Yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, long time. Um, but the, um, uh, Maciej has written a uh, book about uh, a figure who has, was involved or saw quite a lot of corruption-y things, right? Yeah, that is right. Although he he was not the head of it, despite his name, because he his name was is Król, which means king in Poland, but he wasn't the king of corruption. He just played for one of the most corrupted teams ever. Can you pronounce that name? Because I can't say it. Grzegorz Król. Yeah, no, no, no the, the the player I can say, but the the team. Uh, Amika Wronki. Amika Wronki. Also, the one, the really long one. Uh, you mean what? Which one? Which one is that? Did he play for Szczakowianka? Oh, Szczeko, of course. Szczakowianka Javożna. Yeah, Szczakowianka Javożna. Later, which is literally, if you're not Polish, one of the most difficult things <laughs> to, to say. Um, actually, the team that Szczakowianka played against also had a fantastic name at the time. It was like Lulukus or something? Lulukulus? Lulukulus. It's a, it's a company which is responsible for meat, I think, where they produce meat, you know, uh, sausages and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right, all right. But um, anyway, so Maciej wrote a book um, and also knows a lot of people, uh, so is uh, perfect to give the kind of color. I yeah. wrote a uh, academic article about <laughs> one of the most famous cases of Polish football corruption. So uh, I read a lot of articles from the 1990s and I know the key figures uh, uh, regarding it, so hopefully we can give you some kind of uh, 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 input into this uh, very, uh, let's say, colourful period of time. Uh, I said on Twitter yeah, when so I was going to record the podcast, it's you know you can smell the kielbasa, the Polish sausage, the vodka, and the prostitutes <laughs> from here. It, it was it was a uh, it was a crazy time. Um, 
and uh, lots have been written about it since. But um, anyway, remember you can follow me on right, uh, on Twitter at Right Back. Also, matters at Matthias Roninsky. I'm on Facebook. I don't use it that much. Christopher Lash writer, and you can subscribe to the podcast. Hopefully, we'll do it more regularly now when there's no football. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, this is good. Go on, Matthias. Go on. Yeah, just the irony of it that we only got to, to record another podcast when there's no football on. That says a lot about us. Football, football, football is, is here, just uh, of a very different uh, kind. Um, uh, so this is going to be relatively shapeless and messy pod like normal, but uh, we're going to try to go through some of the most important events regarding match fixing uh, in Polish football um, and also some of the characters involved because I think that's one of the interesting things, the best things or most interesting thing I think about this whole period is um, uh, compared to these days, the characters were much more, um, uh, let's say... Um, colourful. Colourful, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some fantastic stories, uh, this kind of, uh, the period that we're most to be talking about is going to be the kind of wild era of Polish capitalism, although we're going to go a little bit back when we talk about the 1990s a lot and the 2000s when uh, things were a real mess in Poland. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason why some of the things that happened did happen. But um, match fixing goes way back. Um, I think there was, a, uh, I, in my article I wrote about, there was a match in the 1930s, I think, uh, where okay. a, uh, I think it was, uh, I, I should have the, the team in front of me. I've, I've got my my timeline somewhere here what was is that in 1936 there was a match between oh god i can't Sviętochlowice and dom katowice uh, and uh, dom dom katowice were, were relegated for bribing the Sviętochlowice goalkeeper um but um really the height of polish corruption is probably um probably 60s and 70s onwards up to <laughs> up to about mid 2000s um yeah yeah but the, uh, under communist 60s and 70s uh, of course teams were uh, in those you know that uh, uh, there are army teams uh, militia teams right uh, uh, train uh, association teams like like poznan right is it train yeah. association yeah so so it was in the 60s and 70s it was more like you know the uh, general uh, of, of Polish army, uh, who you know from Bydgoszcz, because Zawisza Bydgoszcz were uh, also an uh, army team. Also an army team. And, and, yeah, an army team, and they needed points to know, you know, to avoid relegation. And they played against Śląsk Wrocław, who were also an army team. Yeah. So they, you know, the just the general from Bydgoszcz phoned the guy from Wrocław and yeah. said, uh, "Here is a thing. Uh, we need two points to avoid relegation." And it was. Uh, it was more or less like that. Of course, money were involved also, but uh, more this kind of thing. And the it, was, it, it was more, as we say in English, in-house. So it was, it yeah. was hidden more. Yeah. Yeah. So it was more hidden. And the, the first, you know, I would say the first, you know, large scale corruption case happened in uh, 1982, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, should we should we you know go for it now or are you, you yeah I, I i think i think we can i mean obviously um i think it's important to just to say just in general that uh, there was a lot of this kind of corruption in other countries especially in the eastern bloc uh yeah. in romania uh in uh, east germany and i think that um in those countries it was even more blatant than in poland uh you know i think was what was it that Ceausescu's son was in charge of dynamo was it or oh, i think Stiewa. 
style. Uh, I can't remember, but but uh, he. Um, yeah, but as a as a consolation, I think uh, Dynamo Bucharest player always was a top scorer and uh, also won the Golden Boot or whatever it was called because they scored a ridiculous amount of goals, like you know, fifty-five goals. There was a guy called Kamataro, I think, who who always won the golden golden boot or golden shoe, right? Uh, and still our champions. And uh, uh, in exchange, D Dynamo had the best score, not only in Romania but also in Europe. There was um, it was really ridiculously um, um, open. I think a lot of it. And in, in East Germany, they, the 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 state just moved teams. <laughs> when, yeah. when, it, when, when a team you know did too well uh, and challenged the big boys they just decided right we're going to move this team to another city uh, so so it, 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 I mean Poland is is a great it's loads of fantastic stories but um, there were in other countries it might have been even worse but uh, but um, let's, let, let's let's jump into this first kind of interesting uh, case which was the 1981-82 uh, season yeah. Do you want to explain a little bit about Imache, what happened? Uh, yeah, before, of course, there were two points given for a win then. And uh, Shlonsk, before the last round of games, uh, Shlonsk Wrocław had one point advantage over Widzefuć. Yeah. And uh, Shlonsk had uh, their last game at home against Wisła Kraków, which were mid-table, I think. They were not fighting yeah. for, for anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so Śląsk players uh, went for you know went away from Wrocław uh, for kind of a training camp, apart for uh, from four you know most uh, important players of Wrocław, uh, including Tadeusz Pawłowski, who was uh, also uh, Śląsk's manager much later. Yeah, yeah, and he was a striker. He was a, he was a great. He was a very good, really prolific yeah. striker. Yeah. Yeah, he he's I think he's the best scorer, best Schlon scorer ever. I think because he he played for long in Wrocław because under communism he you weren't allowed to to live abroad. Uh, but that's yeah. another and that's another thing. And those you know four senior players remained in Wrocław and uh, invited uh, Zdzisław Kapka, who was uh, best Wisław uh, yeah. by then, you know, and uh, establish an amount of money. For the for the last game, you know, they they were they wanted to be sure, right? Wisła yeah. uh, sells the game to them, and they become champions. And uh, on the on the eve of the game, the stadium was absolutely packed. It was, of course, the old Śląsk uh, Stadium at Oporowska, not not the one uh, who was built for Euro 2012. Yeah, and, and was, know, everyone everyone expected the championship, didn't they? Yeah, of course, and uh, the, the you know sh sh champagne was 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 there, was waiting, uh, banners with uh, where champions stuff like that. And that would uh, it would have been it would have been the first ever title for Slansk as well, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they won also in 1977. Ah, they won uh, in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Of course, with Pawlowski leading the line, mm -hmm. and uh, of course, uh, you know the the game was bought and every every. You know, Schlons player was sure it's 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 just you know formality. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, Matt. I'm just looking at the table on 90 minutes, and their home record that season was 13 wins, uh, one draw, one loss. Well, actually, before this game, 13 wins, <laughs> 13 wins, one draw, you spoiled it. no losses. You spoiled it. I'm spoiling. I'm sorry. I'm doing the whole thing. But anyway, explain. Explain. Yeah. Go on, keep going. So anyway, so what happened is that they they uh, sorry they 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 tried to yeah, buy. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, they thought they bought it. And uh, in Chorzów, uh, Vitev were playing Ruch. Uh, and of course, uh, Ruch were in danger of being relega relegated for the first time. Because uh, and if they lost, they could have been relegated. So uh, they just, you know, uh, both teams in Chorzów, uh, the game, you know, started like 10 minutes later. So they, could, uh, they, could, they had a time advantage over Wrocław. They so they could you know wait and see what happens in Wrocław. Control and, the uh, result exactly. Control. Yeah, control control the result exactly. And uh, in the first uh, first half uh, it was nil nil in uh, in Wrocław, and Wisła were playing quite okay. And from what I heard, uh, also some other you know amount of money was transferred in the toilet uh, to Wisła players. So the Śląsk you know Śląsk players were more certain it's gonna uh, they're gonna win the game uh, yeah. and i think in Chorzów it was ruch was leading but vidzev equalized so it was uh, uh yeah, and, and vidzev needed to win uh in order to it, uh, well if slansk uh, drew right vidzev needed to win or something like that or can't yeah. yeah 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 of course yeah because uh, vidzev had a better head to head record so uh, they needed, you know, to achieve a better result than Śląsk in the last round. Yeah. And uh, five minutes after the break, uh, just out of, no, out of nowhere, uh, uh, Andrzej Ivan, who was a great player for Wisła and then later for Górnik Zabrze, uh, made a cross and uh, Wisła defender Piotr Skrobowski scored. So, you know, everyone was like, what, what is happening there? And apparently when Śląsk uh, restarted the game, Ivan shouted to Pawłowski, to the Śląsk uh, player, uh, just, we, we don't want 400,000, we want a million now. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this is all in, in Spalone, I think, the Ivan book, right? The Andrzej Ivan book? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it was a very, you know, nervous affair. Śląsk kept attacking. And uh, uh, just, you know, seven minutes from time, uh, Aloysi Yargus, who was also went to the uh, as a referee to the Spanish World Cup, just you know a month later, he was also you know known for his uh, how 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 do how do you put it? You know, Śląsk uh, chairman had you know organized an event for him uh, the, the the day before, so you know he enjoyed words of hospitality. Yeah, they wanted to make sure that he 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 whistled in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And seven minutes from time, uh, he uh, he you know pointed to the spot, a penalty for Wrocław, and uh, Pawłowski took the ball, uh, looked at Kapka, the Wisła player. Uh, just you know the the stars you know met, they nodded to each other because they they you know before the game they they established. Uh, which, if there was a penalty, uh, which, you know, corner to choose. Yeah. Uh, so they nodded to each other. Pawłowski took the penalty. And of course, uh, Wisła keeper, uh, I think he was called Adamczyk, uh, went the right way, not the wrong way. And he and saved, saved the, the penalty. penalty. And saved the penalty, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it ended 1-0 uh, ended to Wisła. 
wasn't there like a fight at the final whistle and stuff? They were like, uh, there was there was something, and uh, after after the game, of course, uh, the party was cancelled. But you know, Viswa players partied in one of Wrocław hotels. Uh, they parted like there was no tomorrow, and of course, it uh, then uh, Wrocław players realized that Vitev, you know, paid more. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Paid more than game. that. Yeah, and they paid in dollars. So the you okay. know, it was uh, it was uh, uh, you know under communism dollars were not allowed, but uh, of course uh, everyone you know used it. And uh, I remember also that uh, Boniek was leaving Vitev by then. He was on the way to Juventus. Yeah. But he, you know, was still in Łódź, and uh, uh, the radio reporter went to his home and said, "Oh, you, you champions, congrats!" And he invited whole Vizev team to his home uh, for a party. So they, you know, went to uh, they celebrated at Bonik's house. Uh, of course, you know, years after that, uh, Kapka, the Viswa player, says, "No, it's just sport. You know, it happens." Uh, and uh, Pawłowski is, you know, despite that, uh, is still a Śląsk legend, but he, he doesn't talk to, to Kapka anymore because, you know, he, yeah. he cheated him, right? And Pawłowski is a lovely man as well, really. He's a very, very pleasant kind of, sort of, yeah, now, a bit too yeah, nice, a bit too nice, yeah. Yeah, and he, he's now the head of uh, Śląsk Wrocław Football Academy, so now he, he, you know, teaches kids how to play football and uh, actually, I met him uh, before because Lechia played the first game after the the winter break in Wrocław. Uh, I met him for an hour, made a nice little interview. Uh, a really great guy, and he just you know laughed at the, at what happened then. Uh, and after that, he, of course, his passport was taken away by you know Wrocław generals, and he struggled you know to 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 move abroad to play football. But after all, he he, he went to Austria. To play for a long time had a had a quite successful uh, career. A lot, a lot of people um, accused Pawlowski of taking money as well. Uh, I didn't I didn't ask about that. No, but I'm not, no, I'm not saying he did. I'm saying I, I think he he was a victim. But there was there were sort of that's why a lot of people. Uh, I think there were kind of accusations against him, and I think that's part of the reason why they treated him badly later. Um, but 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 you know everyone they thought it was a complete sure thing so they had all the as you said before the banners out and all that kind of stuff uh, yeah. and so that was the kind of the most famous I mean obviously there's there were, there were things that happened before like in the 70s um, it was famous yeah. that for example Edward Gierek was a Zagwembia uh, Sosnowiec fan Edward Gierek the first secretary of the Polish uh, Workers Party or the United Workers yeah. Party and, and uh, yeah. they they stayed up in 1974 miraculously they won they were like like bottom of the table and i think they pretty much won every game in the spring round yeah like Obviously, like groklin like groklin many years later yeah and a lot of people say that it wasn't necessarily like purchasing matches but you know that gerek basically didn't want him to go down so they didn't go down but again there isn't really evidence a lot of these kind of things that happened especially in the 70s and 60s there really isn't much evidence Whereas in the 80s, it started to become much more open. And if we move on to the sort of second case, which I can sort of start off with, yeah. um, but we can talk about it. Basically, you can compare these two seasons in 85, 86 and 86, 87, when the uh, PZPN, the Polish FA, started to get a little bit, um, let's say, um, angry. Suspicious. 
angry. Uh, yeah, just vicious and angry about it. So uh, you have these two seasons which linked to each other, which were really um, very uh, uh, dodgy. Um, and when I was doing my actual research on the article uh, for the 92-93 uh, season, I looked at some of the stuff from 85 to 86, and um, the uh, Polish daily news, uh, sports newspaper, Przegon Sportowy, uh, didn't publish the match reports from the final round of games in the 85-86 season because they said it was, well, clearly not sport. So... <laughs> yeah. It shows that people, you know, even within communism, when you didn't talk about it so much, were quite, you know, people knew what was going on. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, a season later, I think it was, 86-87, uh, PZPN just, you know, cancelled three games. So in the final, final table, you got, I think, six teams with only 29 games instead of 30 played. Yeah. And, and also I, I, one, yeah, go one on, go game on. was replayed. I think uh, it was Gurinik Vauj against Motor Lublin, something like that. Those teams are nowhere near the top division now, but they were then. And uh, yeah, so uh, they, 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 also, they, also, they also handed a couple of like things like travel bans, and yeah. uh, you couldn't sell players abroad. And obviously, at that point, uh, by the mid 1980s, the communist system was uh, basically the the Polish state was obsessed with getting. They needed money. They were uh, had huge problems, so they wanted to get as many um, foreign currencies in as possible, and um, um, and also these clubs did as well, right? So if they sold players abroad, they got you know hard currency uh, dollars, right, and whatever. And so those, those, they were pretty hard bans for these clubs because you couldn't sell players um, and you couldn't make money out of them. So the the, the, the PFA, sorry, the, the PFA, the Polish FA, uh, in 85 and 86 did get pretty serious about it. Um, they also sent these things, I think they called them in the magazine Sportowiec, which is a great magazine at the time, uh, Banda Tigrisów, like the band of tigers, I don't know, the tiger group. And so basically these were people yeah. who would go around um, looking at matches to see if they were suspicious, if they'd been bought or not. Now, obviously, I can imagine, although I don't know 100%, that some of these people who were supposed to be looking for corruption could well have been uh, yeah, involved in a involved way. themselves. Because, yeah. I mean, when, when, when we start talking about the later period, we'll see that a lot of the people who, uh, the way that corruption worked was not was the referees were being bought, but also the referee observers, the people who were watching yeah. referees were being bought. So exactly. it was a whole system involved, basically. Um, and uh, when we talk about Frizier, the hairdresser, which is the, one of the key <laughs> figures, you'll see that he, he, he um, organized a system uh, like perfectly, really. Let, let's say, I mean, he was a, um, not a very nice guy, Frizier, uh, yeah. the hairdresser, but, but he really did organize it in the right way. You know, I mean, in the right way, let's say, in inverted commas. Yeah. In a right, right mafia way, right? Yes, yeah, but but no, but everything was covered. You know, everything was covered um, in a way that, that less questions would be answered. Um, so um, there's also this. I mean, we haven't really, we can't really talk about how much, but I know it was never '88 or '89. There was this. Uh, they called it the, the the Sunday of Miracles, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Sunday Sunday of Miracles. You know, they were. It was you know present uh, when I started you know following football. 
So it, it was mid eighties and, you know, I knew straight away what, you know, miracles, Sunday miracles uh, meant. And it was, you know, nothing to do with the church. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, the who needed points more, just won the points. And, you know, when, when we, we are talking also, you know, uh, remember there was a, the, the whole, you know, re relegation playoff. And I just, you know, recalled that uh, there was a, in 88, uh, Olympia Poznań were playing my team, uh, Lechia Gdańsk in a relegation playoff. And I, le years later, uh, I was talking to the Lechia, you know, bus driver, and he remembered how, you know, they welcomed them to, in, to the stadium in Poznań. And, you know, the, the host Olympia Poznań said, uh, why, did you, why did you even come? You know, everything is paid now and uh, uh, we are staying up, not you. And, you know, actually, actually it happened. So, you know, yeah. just, uh, I, I, would, I would say that, you had to pay, you know, to, to game, you know, to, to have the game uh, being refereed in the right way yeah. because you knew the other team, you know, also paid. Yeah, the whole thing was organized. Everyone knew what was happening most of the time. And yeah. I, you know, I mean, actually, it's funny is that, I, again, I read the uh, Czech on Sport Talk from 85, 86, and also in 92. And uh, in 85, 86, 86, 87, they had this kind of hotline where people could ring up uh, or maybe right, no, I think 92 was a hotline. 86, they had letters. People could write in letters. Yeah, 80, 86, we had, we had one telephone in a block of flats. Uh, yeah, exactly. so, yeah. But I, I love it. It's everything. But, you know, if, uh, especially 92, 93, ring our hotline. Someone will listen to you. Yeah. Talk about, but anyway, in 85, 86, 86, 87, lots of people were saying, you might as well just fold the league. Everyone knows it's fake. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, so everyone, you know, knew it. Anyway, so this, this Sunday of miracles was basically, I think, a, a phrase which could refer to the end of the season pretty much all the way through the 1980s because people knew that it was yeah. going to happen. And that happens really in the 1990s as well, even though in the 1990s it became more open. Um, but we should also really talk briefly um, about this film, which was this sort of cult film, which I'm not, I don't think it's that great a film. I'm not going to be horrible here. Uh, Pio yeah, but it's, poker, yeah. uh, football poker. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not a, you know, a, a very good movie, but it's in a way it's a cult movie because you know, uh, it sh it shows you know events that were real, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was gonna say not real, but yeah. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, but 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 but, but happen, it's it's 1989, right? It's released in 1989, so just when communism falls. Um, and uh, the person yeah. who did the research on it was uh, Jerzy Chromik, the uh, yeah, who was involved with Sportowicz with the with the weekly you mentioned already. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and he and he basically was giving his experience of how it all worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, you know, it's the whole thing. It's hard to explain, but uh, basically there are two teams. Uh, one is you know more or less Legia Warsaw, right? And the other is uh, a team from Zabrze. So you can guess which team is that. Uh, in, the film, in the film, in the film, yeah. In a, in a film. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I could go on forever. With it's, this movie. It's, it's, it's quite complicated, but I think what, what probably is important to explain is this, uh, you know, this thing that, that basically the results were agreed between teams yeah. um, in real life quite early. Right, so there was like what? What do they call it? Not not Uquad. What was it called? The um, Spolgelnia. Spolgelnia. So basically, it was like 
a group of teams meeting together to arrange results, right? Yeah, to arrange results, uh, decides who uh, plays in the cups, who goes down, and spółdzielnia, which translates to what? Cooperative, cooperative, cooperative. Cooperative, yeah. Uh, it was a real thing because I know for sure that uh, one season in the 80s, uh, there was a spółdzielnia against Baltic Gdynia. Uh, Baltic Gdynia was a, you know, back a then in the 80s. Was a, poor, a poor team, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, a couple of other teams, like four, or f three or four teams, decided they would go down for a reason, and it happened, right? Yeah, yeah. And you could you could do nothing again about it, uh, and of course, uh, it, uh, the Pukar, uh, football poker is is like a cult movie because you know you hear phrases from the movie, like when you're traveling on a train or on a public transport, you know, people talk, I mean, maybe less people than before. But now, from time to time, you, you, you know, you, you hear people, you know, using the language used in, the, in this movie. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like, f uh, was it five years ago now? I can't remember because time moves so quickly these days. But uh, there was the, uh, <laughs> which was, was it, was it Tomasz uh, Smokowski when Legia played Jagiellonia Białystok and there was a weird um, penalty decision. He called it, he didn't call it Pukarski Poker, he called it Pukarski Smolensk. <laughs> which, was really, which was really inappropriate. So basically, um, a Smolensk football, I don't know you might call it, but basically obviously linked to the horrible crash that happened 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the anniversary is going to be very weird, isn't it? With, with, with coronavirus lockdown. Um, yeah. But um, the, the point is, is that when you watch a Polish football, or if you're involved in it, and you understand the language, you hear a lot of people, again, less now, making uh, these kind of comments about how, you know, it's all fixed. Um, and it isn't really fixed anymore. I mean, very, very, very likely it's not. And we'll talk about why it was, it's not anymore um, yeah. a bit later. But um, uh, the point is that I think that you're right, the language, the, the language in the film became part of the whole sort of cult language of the way that you talk about football in Poland. You know. Yeah. So yeah. So the the, the movie makers achieved their result, uh, really. So mm -hmm. you know, the they they smuggled the the phrases into into common language. Yeah. But let's go for ninety two, ninety three, because yeah. you're an expert on this season. Uh, you know, I I can't wait on your take on. This on is the the, this is the the best story. I mean, I think this. Well, no, I think there's, there's so many. I mean, obviously, I think yeah. if we if we have a chance to talk about some of the other um, events, especially the the, the cup final and. Some of this other stuff, but yeah, the cup final, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. But 92-93 is really the kind of um, in English we have this strange phrase, which is the straw that broke the camel's back, which is a bit of a weird phrase. But basically, it means it was it's the really the the event which really brought it all massively to the surface. Uh, yeah. What was happening, um, and what you have is basically you have two teams. Um, uh, Le sorry, Legia Warsaw um, and uh, Elkes Woods uh, on equal points going into the last game of the season. Uh, Legia had a plus three goal difference uh, and the uh, title at that point was not about head-to-head, -head, it was about uh, uh, goal difference. And so Le Legia were going into the last match against um, Wisła Krakow away um, and Elkes Woods were playing Olympia Palstan, I think, at home. Yes. 
Yes. Uh-huh. Olympia that became Lekia later, right? Lekia Gdansk. Yeah, yeah. Just it, it's uh, it's for another episode. But yeah. I think we'll do that. That, that would be a great episode about fusions. I'd love to do that. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fusion isn't like you know uh, we're not talking about here South Korean and mixed food. We're talking about football teams that became uh, joined together. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, so so they're playing against these teams. I think Olympia were already relegated. Yes. Uh, and Viswa were kind of in a pretty poor position in the table, but they were staying up. Um, and uh, everyone knew that something was going to happen on the last day of the season. Uh, and uh, I did a lot of reading and this, you know, now he's unfortunately passed away. Pavel Zazeczny, this famous Polish uh, football journalist, was saying yeah. that, you know, I read the article and he's saying that everyone knows something's going to happen, but you don't know how it's going to happen. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, do you want to maybe take on a little bit and I'll continue a bit later? But so basically, they, they're going into that match. Uh, Legia know that they have to beat basically, uh, if they both win, Legia has to win, has to, has, it's got an advantage because they've got a three goal difference advantage over, over LKS. Yeah, I, f- I think it's. Uh... You say no one's no one's gonna uh, no one knew what was gonna happen. I think everyone knew what was gonna happen. <laughs> they they just gonna they were just gonna you know start you know scoring goals from from first minute, and yeah. uh, uh, of course there were no mobile phones back then, so they only there was this uh, radio show which you know I think it's uh, it's also in England right uh, radio yeah, transmission. But you had that cult kind of show. What was it called? Um, uh, S- Studio S13. Yeah. Well, yeah. When they called uh, all the all the stadiums in, in some kind of order, and uh, you know, journalists say, "Oh, it's uh, one nil to someone." Uh, now we are moving on to Krakow for Warsaw, whatever. And uh, uh, what uh, what happened? Maybe. Uh, what was what was the score? Because I'm, you know, not that well prepared from this season. I think you're you're the uh, expert well, here. Unfortunately, I'm just looking. Unfortunately, I'm on 90 minutes, and I can't. They don't. They don't actually have the scorers for any of the matches from that season. But but I mean, basically, what happened was that Legia went ahead. I think quite early. Um, yeah. yeah. Let me let me check. Let me check because it's it's. Uh, I go to other side. I think they were winning 2-0 at half-time, Legia. But basically, both teams knew that they needed to, to win um, as much as possible. Uh, yeah, half-time, Legia were winning, two, beating 2-0. And LKS were beating Olympia 3-0 at half-time. Um, <clears throat> and in the second half, basically, Legia just kept scoring. <laughs> yeah, whenever there was, a, there was a game in Woods, there was a... a an answer from Krakow and Legia scored and uh, it was like you know a game of table tennis uh, just between two cities right yeah uh, and, and, and I think some people say that the radio helped so they basically passed the information back and forth and people knew what was the score and how much they needed to score and they went ahead and basically scored the goals right um, yeah and, uh, yeah and for, for, from what I'm seeing uh, Legia were already 6-0 up in 69th minute yeah. So, you know, so then uh, LKS needed, you know, to go into double figures uh, to become champions. And I think they, they they knew it would be, you know, a bit, you know, over the top. 
So they they just you know they won only seven one, right? Yeah, exactly. So LKS won seven one. Legia won six nil away from home. LKS were at home, um, and um, it was so it was so clear because obviously the, if you had all these corruption cases, people knew that it was happening this kind of thing. But it was so over the top that um, the press basically kept talking about it. Right? You know, scandal. Um, the the crack of press, I think it was Tempo at the time, or yeah. was I don't know exactly what it was, was yeah, saying yeah. they were calling them, you know, thieves and bandits. Uh, the fans were calling them, then they were saying, you know, that there was a kind of whole thing about that they were cheats and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it, actually, in the run-up to the match is also very interesting as well, because because uh, basically the sponsor of Wistler Crack of Voigt uh, was, said that he would give money to Wistler players so they wouldn't, you know, Lose the game away. Yes, he, he tripled the win bonus. <laughs> so it just shows how aware people were of, yeah. of the fact that it might happen that publicly he said, I'm going to triple the win bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, They're saying publicly, they know it's yeah. going to We will triple the win bonus. Anyway. Um, and also, also, you know, of course, we know Legia as of today, there are, you know, almost, uh, almost every season they compete for championship. And back then, they didn't win a championship since 1970. Exactly. So, they were, so uh, of course, you know, the, the Warsaw press were kind of, you know, supportive, let's say, towards Legia's case. It was, of course, a big scandal, uh, which was uh, solved, let's say, solved in a, by PZPN at a... Uh, was it a special kind of extraordinary meeting? But I mean, it's obviously important also to talk about this figure who was coach of Legia, Janusz Wojciech, who maybe we'll do a bit on at some point in the future, but uh, who was this kind of, let's say, oh, how can you describe Janusz Wojciech in a couple of words? It is kind of... Uh, uh, let's, just, uh, let's just say that before that, he made his name uh, at Jagiellonia Białystok in the late 80s when he got promoted for the first time with Białystok to the top division yeah. and his nickname in Białystok was Melon, meaning watermelon, but it meant that uh, Melon also means a million, a million zloty in Poland. Sorry. So he was, he was just, you know, saying we need five millions for this referee, five millions for opposition and stuff like that. And his yeah. nickname was Melon, right? The hairdresser, uh, Frisier, also says that basically Wojciech was yeah, just incredibly corrupt. I mean, he obviously was also really, he was also a really good uh, motivator. Uh, yeah. I mean, we might talk about this later, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but Wojciech, after the game, said that uh, there's a fan fantastic interview you can find on YouTube where he said that someone asked him, you know, people are saying, you know, they're all celebrating, he's being thrown up and down in his crap suit, uh, sweating as hell, <laughs> you know. Probably after having 10 vodkas on a day. I don't know, whatever. He wasn't drinking as much at that point. Um, he's also, unfortunately, he's uh, passed away. Uh, so I don't want to talk too much, too badly about him. But uh, yeah, but you, you have to you have to admit he was he was uh, the Polish team uh, coach when they won the the silver medal at Barcelona uh, Olympics, right? Uh, I guess earlier. I don't want to go too much because we might talk about it at another part. But what I want yeah, to okay. The, the, uh, on the YouTube thing when they, they, you know, they ask him the question, people are saying that um, there might be some questions to be asked about uh, today's game. And he says, 
you know, yeah, Pam, you know, you know, every game uh, requires a little bit of organizing behind the scenes, <laughs> as you said. Pevna, Pevna, he said in Polish. And uh, it's like, to me, it's just so, so cool. Everything is so, like, weirdly open in a really weird way. But the point is, what is interesting is that the press actually got so upset about it in general that the PZPN felt they had to do something. It wasn't, I don't think they would have done anything, but I think the press just made so much about it that they had to. Um, in the end, they, they uh, had this uh, kind of extraordinary meeting of the executive committee um, and they, uh, well, it, it went on for a couple of weeks, to be honest. Um, until they find, well, I think, I think they, they it didn't go on for a couple of weeks because they had a. It was uh, back then football was played until you know end of June and new season started. I think it was decided like between maybe two weeks. Or yeah, maybe, it was two weeks. It was two weeks. Sorry, yeah, I've got it here in front of me. So twenty first of July, they had the first meeting where they were gonna uh, uh, give. They gave them a fine and stuff, and then they had this final meeting on the tenth of July. Uh, where they agreed to uh, annul the, the two games, so Legia game and Leukas game, which basically gave Lech Poznan, who were in third, the um, and quite quite close behind as well, the title. Okay, so, but in my, in my opinion, in my opinion, it was a mistake. They should, you know, they should give the they shouldn't give a title to anyone. Yeah, because well, it, was uh, it was all corrupt. Yeah. Yeah, it was all because uh, I think uh, I read it somewhere that you know that uh, near the end Lech was also you know buying games. So uh, oh, yeah. yeah, of course. So they they should just you know cancel the I don't know if cancel, but just you know th there should be no champions back then. Yeah, I mean that season. The, the problem was that they then went to uh, UEFA. Liskevich, who was I think yeah. I don't know exactly what his position was at that point. But Liskevich, um, who was the referee, actually quite a good referee, um, and then became Pezepen, a chair. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he went, they, they went to UEFA um, to talk about um, what would happen next season, you know, because they, UEFA knew about the case against Legio and LKS. Um, and because of the Pezepen's Polish FAs, um, kind of delaying tactics, uh, UEFA said, well, you know, if it's not clear if they did it or not, they can't play in Europe, right? Yeah. So uh, Legia, and, uh, Legia and LKS couldn't play in Europe. Um, LKS, who, let's be honest, probably spent a lot of money buying the season as well, uh, <laughs> almost went, they almost went bankrupt, LKS. Um, yeah. This is the time of real kind of crazy capital, wild capitalism in Poland where sponsors would come spend a bit of money for a while and then leave. Uh, and LKS basically just completely went, um, almost went bankrupt. Legia also had spent a lot of money. Um, their <coughs> sponsor at the time was, was, was uh, Romanovsky. Romanovsky, yeah, but they, they, had, they had their title next year. Yeah, also, also very dodgy as well, right? Uh, you know, not that dodgy as, you know, this. No, I thought just, no, it's quite difficult. But but, but that, that last that last game against Gornik Zabja. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I now remember. Yeah, yeah. Three three Gornik players were were sent off. Yeah, I remember this one. Yeah. Eight minutes added time or something. Uh, yeah. Um the, the thing is we can't really go into all the different events because it's so 
But, yeah, the, but, every but, every season, you know, every season deserves another episode of the pod. Yeah, yeah, but 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 it, it, uh, basically, this was, um, you know, the Legia fans and in general football <clears throat> ultras in Poland don't like uh, the Polish FA very much. I'm being very nice here. They yeah, but some some of uh, some of you know because Legia are you know arguably the biggest team in Poland right now, and uh, they have you know a big army of you know. Uh, Twitter and Facebook fans, and you know some of that claim, you know, uh, because Legia now has, I think, I think 14 titles, uh, championship titles, and some of them say they have 15. Yeah, uh, you know, they're, they're counting this title, uh, and you know, in a way, maybe you know they they were top of the table. Yeah. Uh, I you know I can understand that because you know if President Pan would you know cancel the whole season, don't give the championship to anyone. I would, you know, I could live with that. But, you know, giving the title to, you know, team who, you know, bought games less wisely, let's say. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. that, I mean, I, I, it, 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 it was a complete mess back then. But it was, yeah. I mean, that last game was, was pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like the fact that uh, there's a, you know, the guy who runs the 90-minute website, which is this kind of classic website, uh, at the bottom of the 1993 season, uh, there's a very, very little, little bitchy comment from Mogielnitsky, which is fantastic, which is <laughs> So basically, in, in, in association with never proven uh, yeah. accusations, the, the matches were called off. And yeah, but he, 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 he's a massive Legia fan, so, but it's really funny the way that he put it. Yeah, but you know, he, he, he's, to be honest, he's got a point because, you know... But I yeah, think because it's it's like such a kind of yeah. yeah. You didn't write that about the eighty five, eighty six, or the eighty six, eighty seven season. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm checking. Legia has got thirteen championship of, uh, of championships yeah. officially, and I think Ruch and Wisła, is it Ruch and Wisła? Yeah. Or Górnik, Ruch and Górnik got for fourteen. So you know that uh, that championship you know weighs quite a lot because. Uh, they would be equal uh, with their, you know, record uh, championship yeah. holders, and I think they although, will. You know, although, although I think this were one of this were, I think Rook won the league one year. They won a title because they called the cup the yeah. one year. It's it's quite confusing. But anyway, the nineteen ninety three season was really the uh, really eye open. I think because it happened at the top of the table as well, and it was so clear. And it's known really, and we have to say this, but it's known basically according to this phrase, which the ex-Polish um, national team manager, uh, Richard Kolesza, who made this kind of uh, famous speech where he said, the whole of Poland uh, saw it, gentlemen, to the PZPN, uh, Polish yeah. FA kind of uh, delegates. The whole of, po the whole of Poland saw it, uh, and you gentlemen are blind. And this kind of really almost like <laughs> powerful kind of um, statement um, which, you know, I'm not yeah. saying that Legia, they should have taken the title away from Legia. I think the whole thing was corrupt. But uh, I think you have to applaud Kulesha for his bravery, really, because um, he was targeted by Legia fans after it. And he was a, a, a basically a Legia fan. He never he couldn't come to the stadium after that because of what he did. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a very um, a powerful uh, moment. Um, should we move yeah, on? Very brave, very brave. Yeah. Very brave, especially at that time. 
it was pretty crazy uh, in Polish football at that time. I, I don't think, uh, yeah, you had to be pretty, you know, yeah, to, to do that. But why don't we move on and talk a little bit about um, this famous guy, Frizia, the hairdresser, a little bit. Um, because I think that he, he's, the, he's the key to really the whole uh, thing that happened uh, from the mid-1990s onwards, really. Because I think that, because from, from hairdresser, you, you get the whole thing falling apart, the whole, uh, the whole corrupt thing falling apart. Do you want to tell me a little bit about uh, this hairdresser guy? Yeah, just, you know, where to start? It's, you know, like, you know, analyzing, I don't know, Mel Gibson's film career. You just, you know, won so many awards. He started, you know, as a hairdresser in Wronki because, uh, uh, you know, after... Von, Von, after it's like close to Poznan, right? It's about... Yeah, close to Poznan. And it's a place fa before the team came to the top division. It was famous for the, for the prison. Yeah. Uh, so it was a quite you know common saying in Poland. You you're going to Vronki, it means you you're going to prison. to say that the Polish ultra's gone. Sorry, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so you know, after you know system transformation, let's say that uh, you know kind of few of you know big traditional football teams went down, and. Uh, the gap was filled, you know, with some teams which had money uh, and no real tradition. And Vronki is a town of, I don't know, 10,000 people maybe? Yeah, it's tiny. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, let me check. And uh, Amica was, of course, the company which was uh, producing, uh, how, do you, how do you call House, it? Household, uh, household appliances. Household appliances, yeah. So kitchens and refrigerators and, and kitchen. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and years later, uh, Lech Poznan plays, uh, uh, you know, used the Amica Veronki license to play, uh, to play in the top division because where there was some so many, so much in debt that they couldn't, you know, afford the license, and they uh, they just took uh, Amica Veronki's license. And there's a famous uh, song which is present in many football stadiums that. Lech uh, sold themselves for a kitchen, for uh, for uh, yes, przedałeś się za kuchenkę. So yeah. But also the uh, the team Amica Bronki, I, I can add something I found out by watching these ex, these retro match of the day Polish match of the days were called the kuchenny or the kuchenki, the kuchenki, the kitchens, the kitchen. But I've actually also sometimes called the kuchenny as well, the kitchen man, which I think yeah. is. A, Really crap nickname, but anyway, uh, but funny. I, I heard yes. that when yeah. I, someone, my friend, told me that uh, that when they went to Poznan, uh, they uh, at first uh, people people called Lech Poznan. Uh, they mixed Kuhenki, so kitchen, and Kolejorz, which is the nickname for Poznan, Lech Poznan, and they called them Kuhenkoz. So, <laughs> <laughs> The yeah, railway men. I don't know, but it, it doesn't matter. So, so basically, Bronchi became um, famous for this this um, household appliance. Um, yeah, action. yeah, and uh, they just they just you know uh, were going from one promotion to another. Well, they, did, finally... they, did, they did, yeah, they decided to set up a team, I think, so that they the the press the people who ran the factory, so that they could get publicity, basically. Yeah, they, they they thought it's gonna be you know good advertisement for them to to see the name yeah. Amica in the press you know every week apart from 
you know, instead of paying millions because there were, the inflation was quite huge after, you know, communists folded in Poland that, uh, you know, I was, I was given, uh, I was given, you know, millions, but by, by my parents, you know, for, you know, and I, I could buy, you know, uh, uh, bread for that. Uh, anyway, uh, I digress. Until 1995, when there was the re-evaluation of the, the Zwati, right? Yeah, and uh, and first, you know, Amika, I think they were just, you know, playing uh, mid-table, let's say, in extra classe. Uh, they started in the extra classe in 95, so the first season was 95-96. Yeah, and uh, uh, Richard, I, I don't know if I can say his name, but he's convicted now. Richard Forbrich was Richard a... F. Richard F. Yeah. The hairdresser. Uh, yeah, he just had, had a hairdressing, whatever. Salon, salon. Salon in Veronki. Uh, and, I, I, you know, just out of nowhere, he, you know, Amika were, you know, playing near the top of the table. Uh, and uh, they had, you know, penalties uh, near the end. Uh, just, you know, every, everyone was knew what was going on, right? Uh, and he, and he, he basically was... Uh, I read his autobiography or his biography or whatever, and he was brought into it basically, I think partly because he was in as a hairdresser, people would come to him and tell him things. So he was kind of, <laughs> you know, what you do when you're the hairdressers, you talk. Uh, yeah. So uh, he, he started to just get involved um, and he became this kind of fixer um, at the club, which um, basically someone who would organize. Uh, matches for them, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it it went uh, went to the point that, uh, of course, uh, you mentioned at the beginning that uh, my friend uh, Grzegorz Krul played for Amika Wronki back then. And, you know, before the game, uh, the coach of Amika was, you know, giving his talk. And sometimes the talk was really, you know, brief. And said he, he said, Today we're gonna have a penalty in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just you know, put it in the right-hand corner. That's it, boys. Let's go. Let's fight for for the club, for you know, for our money and stuff like that. You, Everyone. You, you know, yeah. I, I read I read in the his biography as well that um, initially when he first when they first got to the extra class, uh, the coach was Grzegorz Lato, the famous <laughs> Polish player. <laughs> And he says, yeah. in the biography, he says in the biography that he doesn't know if Jegos, you know, if Lato knew what was going on. <laughs> you know, as in, he didn't, Jegos was like, oh, the team's going out, you know, not, not particularly intelligent guy, Jegos Lato, you know, go out and play, you know, and apparently, again, Fordbrick, who knew mm. a lot, I mean, you know, quite an intelligent guy for, I mean, you know, intelligent guy, corrupt as hell, but, um, yeah. He came to basically, yeah. Lato didn't know what was happening basically when he was coached. Yeah, and you know, and to, 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 to be fair, maybe not to hairdresser, but the you know, whole Amica organization, they were, you know, for that time, they were quite well organized. You know, the players were paid on time, yeah. quite good money. They had a, you know, decent youth policy because they were, you know, buying, you know, young players from all over Poland and, you know, trying, you know, to, to sell them for for a profit, uh, and soon the hairdresser, you know, he was larger than Amika because he was not only, you know, buying stuff for Amika, but you know, he was deciding who is going up, which referee, which be in which division, 
Yeah. And uh, he, he was basically involved in the whole thing. And um, what is also important is they had some good players as well. I mean, you know, like I've been watching the... the of course, Krzysztof A bit later, but, you know, Krzysztof and some really excellent players that came through. They were a good team. But, um, but yeah, so Forbrick basically became uh, bigger than the club. I just wanted to say that how they um, got people to do what they wanted. Um, Forbrick had... Uh, sorry, Amika. <laughs> First of all, until 1999, the uh, refereeing list in the Polish league was completely open so people could find out who was refereeing matches uh, and obviously that meant that you could contact them also until 1999 you could host if you were a club you could <laughs> it's just so ridiculous you could host them so you could you could say okay we they you could pay for the hotel uh, where they stayed before a match <laughs> Right. gave them gave them something yeah also. and 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 they had this little <laughs> they amika had this little kind of let's say palace they have kids yeah they have kitchens also yeah <laughs> where they used to and, and a restaurant yet yeah, and <laughs> they used to basically you know welcome all the referees and the observers and just feed them with you know <laughs> sausage and you know yeah. vodka and also, it's terrible, but prostitutes, they basically paid them with prostitutes. <laughs> it's so terrible. I mean, it's so terrible. But, but, and they had this kind of palace, and he said that Forbrick said that this, this palace was quite discreet, so they could call up call girls in the middle of the night, and they'd come and, you know, come. And apparently the only person who didn't was this Gavich, the referee, who became the, uh, the head of the PZPN, you know, the head of the Polish FA. So, yeah. so so they, they, so basically, he created this empire for himself. Um, apparently, there were other fixtures, fixtures in other clubs who did similar things, but he was bigger than the club. So what, what happened? You want, maybe you want to talk about that final, the, the Polish Cup final, before we? Yeah, do. I just, I just went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in a second, but you know, he, he, he grew, you know, so big that uh, my mates who played for Amica saw him. You know, uh, one quite known referee came to this restaurant in center of Ronki, not, not very exclusive, and they saw, you know, this referee, you know, on his knees before the hairdresser, and he was, he was like apologizing to hairdresser for something. Yeah. And the hairdresser... I was, was worried, from... I was worried you were going to say something else then. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's too early, it's too early. Yeah, well, I talk about prostitutes already, but go on. <laughs> yeah, and he was, he was throwing sugar at, at this referee that you, you disappointed me, stuff like that, yeah. So it's it's, it's it's basically it's his it's an empire that he'd created. Yeah, mafia mafia stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> why why don't we talk about how it ended, and then come back to Conan because the, the the cup final because I know that basically how it ended was that Pavel Janas, who became the Polish um, coach. Um, for the and took them to the 2006 World Cup, right? Um, he became coach in 2000, uh, and they, the the, the owner, which is I think Jacek Rudkowski, right? Yeah, and, current leg owner, yeah. Yeah, and Pavel Janas. Basically, Rudkowski had had enough of uh, Forbrick and basic uh, the hairdresser, and basically believed he was bigger than the club. And Janas wanted to actually coach, so. Yeah. So they got rid of him basically. They kicked him out of the club. 
Yeah, but he 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 lasted uh, until a couple of more years because he yeah. he was not not with Amica anymore. But you know, Audra uh, Apollo and all these different other teams and yeah, our the the team uh, which is in north of Trimiasto also uh, okay. is quite guilty. Okay. Like this. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, there's so much to talk about. But let, let's let's try to talk about this this final. Cup final. Yeah, a little bit. It, it's similar in some respects to Vidzev Viswa a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it was uh, b b the, the final was played at Lech Stadium. In 98, was it? Na yeah, 98, I think, uh, with two glamorous teams, uh, Amika Vranki, <laughs> and the opposition was <laughs> was aluminium aluminium Konin from second division. <laughs> Konin Konin is a is a city, you know. South of Poznan, let's say, you know, yeah, south I mean, of. They're, they're very close to each other, actually, Conan and Vronki. Um, and uh, yeah. uh, they're not called, <laughs> I love it, aluminium Conan. They're now they're called uh, Gornik Conan, right? That's yeah, the, the, the traditional name is Gornik. And, you know, it was, uh, again, you know, like with, uh, uh, with you know, uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, film career. How, how, to, how to start? It was, you know, so, so blatantly bought this game the whole uh, thing the whole thing was bought apparently yeah i didn't watch did you watch it did you watch the final uh i don't i don't think you know polish cup final was live on tv back then which 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 helped which helped the the, the whole corruption uh system, i, I right? see Grzegorz cruel played as well in the final yeah but i think the the he you know he just you know put put out the, uh, the of the book this stuff was taken out of the book at the last minute because it was so blatant. The game ended 5-3, I think. Yeah, 5-3 uh, to Amika Vronki. They beat, they beat uh, them in, in, in extra time. But um, the behind, behind the scenes stuff were basically, I mean, what happened basically? I, I've got it as well, but you, you might try to explain a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, from, from what I recall, Amika paid uh, the referee 150,000 zloty, uh, which is... Uh, what thirty thousand pounds? Yeah, yeah. For one, for one game, uh, <laughs> it was. No, you, you have to, you have to, you know, take the hard off because, uh, yeah. Well, I, 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 I think that from 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 what I got behind the scenes, again, I've obviously not seen the match, and there's nothing on. You can't find it anywhere. I'd love to. It sounds silly. I, this is this is how obsessed I am with Polish football. Is that I would love to see corrupt matches. I'm like, yeah, you know. See, because no, I mean, I'm watching the the match today from 2000, and I'm just like some some of the defending, and you're like, yeah, that was definitely. But yeah. basically, I mean, I think that what happened was that a similar kind of thing to the Vizvovidzev uh, thing that we were talking about in the 80s, is that both sides um, uh, tried to buy the referee, yeah. um, uh, and Amika basically spent more money. But also, I think that not only did um, uh, Forbrick try to buy the referee, you know, the, sorry, the, um, the hairdresser, but also I think that the, uh, because it was such a difficult, it was such an important game that the, <laughs> the Amica board uh, gave the players massive bonuses to win. Massive, okay. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the players also had to, chip in to buy the match with the referee yeah that's certainly yeah they, they had to 
they had to give their own money to you know to buy the referee yeah and they, they knew about it yeah there was too much money that basically he got his he had his way of getting money but it wasn't just buying the ref you had yeah it was basically they they tried to get as much money possible as they possibly could to to buy it i'm not sure if the gurnik sorry the aluminium conning players tried to buy the referee as well but i know that the club did um yeah. Um, again, I wish I could have watched that game and I could have, like, you know, sort of say more about it. But it's it, it's a really famously, famously uh, corrupt. Yeah, most game. most corrupt cup final ever. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know exactly why that game became so important. It's part. I think it might be partly because um, Amica were desperate to get into Europe, and so they wanted a title. So they, you know. To win something so i think they really were um, assessed with getting it so i mean the game cost huge amounts of money to the club so they had because they gave massive bonus as well um on top of it um but so frisia leaves um frisia leaves uh amica and then he basically offers his services to loads of other clubs um and this is when he eventually gets caught uh, yeah i think it it started uh, should I should I start with the Jurovic thing now? Because uh, it was you it can't started. work backwards, but I can I can I can add a bit more about how uh, the Frisia story and how he became in. So so gone. It, so basically, we're talking about the mid two thousands, right? Two thousand and and three, I think, because uh, yeah, because uh, uh, after you know the the corruption, uh, no, during the corruption, you know, uh, how do you say the 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 court process started you know everything that happened uh, there's some some you know uh, border date that you know only corruption before 2003 is uh, is you know put into consideration so well, I think that there's, 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 two, there's two laws one in 2003 which was about which was like you couldn't i don't know what's sporting bribery and then there was a 2010 law which was much more strict um but the problem was you couldn't, it was quite difficult to, to you couldn't um, punish people, the things that happened before 2003. So in the end, I think uh, the hairdresser was punished for something which wasn't to do with match fixing. It was like storing um, <laughs> stolen goods or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, on, talk, talk about what happened in the mid 2000s, because that's really important and we can work back. Uh, yeah, so the uh, you know the how do you how do you call it? the whistleblower yeah. was uh, was Piotr Jurovic, uh, who was in charge of GKS Katowice back then, and of course Piotr Jurovic is the son of Marian Jurovic, who was you know the main man uh, main man in GKS Katowice in the eighties, and then he was the head of FA also, yeah. and. Uh, Today, Gexa is a third-tier team, I think. And yeah. under Jurovic, the old man, uh, they played in Europe. They never won championship, but they played in Europe ten years in a row. And so, they, had, they, had, they had some great, they had some great players as well, though, as well, you know. Like. Yeah, great players, and you know, of course, Jurovic uh, was a great organizer in a good way, and also he probably knew how to, you know, organize. The bad stuff. Let's. Almost. Let's every, I mean, to be honest, almost everyone did. Why? Why did he? Why did he? Become a whistleblower then, uh, and uh, after after uh, the old man left for the FA, I think I think I don't know if he was alive back then, 
I think Jurovic uh, died in a car crash, Marianne. Yeah, really? Oh, I didn't. I think he didn't did, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, because he yeah, and uh, his his son was put in charge uh, of Gexa, and uh, it was not the Gexa, you know, of of old men. It was. Uh, they were struggling in the table, they were struggling it, it, with it, money. It, it, it wasn't, a, I don't think it was a car crash, but go on. Anyway, he died in 2002, he was quite old already, he was, well, 67. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, Piotr Jurovic, the, the young Jurovic, uh, wanted out of the business because he, he, you know, felt so dirty. He was uh, studying law back then. I think he, he resigned from that. He just concentrated on football, but, you know, he, he felt so dirty, you know, with, you know, buying selling matches uh, and he uh, he organized kind of a you know provocation because he gave money to one referee uh, in a forest i think that was yeah. and uh, after that he he told all the stuff uh, about this to uh, gazeta Wyborcza journalist uh, and then it all started and there's some you know famous uh, of course the the guilty referee was you know put under uh, was asked by the court. Uh, it was just the beginning, and uh, Michał Liskiewicz was a, a head of FA back then, the ex-referee who was mentioned before, mm. and he famously said, "It's only one uh, one black sheep in our how do you call it? Uh, uh, community or whatever." Yeah, yeah, or, or stado of it, right? Only one one uh, black sheep in a. I know what you mean. In the um, I can't remember the word for it. English. The the herd, the herd, the herd. The, yeah, there's only uh, only one black sheep in a herd, right? And uh, after that, you know, uh, people were you know starting being arrested by uh, not by the police, by uh, how do you how do you? Yeah, the the, the the prosecutor's office. I mean, you know, the you prosecutors, know, yeah. but what's interesting is that wasn't the first match that started it all off was this game between a team which, I don't know, it still exists, Polo Wrocław and uh, Zagłębia Lubin in 2004. And I think that's when Wyborcza got involved with the whole, or maybe that was maybe that was the one that they finally caught something or they were able to. Yeah, possibly. Possibly, yeah. But, but the, the, the irony of the whole thing, you know, that... Uh, the, the whistleblower was the son of the well-established guy who was possibly, you know, taking part of, of in this kind of stuff because everyone did, right? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, hardly anyone didn't. I mean, who, who yeah. the figures that didn't are people like Orest Lenchik, who famously didn't, apparently didn't. Apparently. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Krakow obviously were never involved in it because... Because uh, they were too, too, too strong. They didn't need to buy... Uh, by matches. Yeah, and, and Supial, the owner, uh, was saying that, you know, what was his phone was saying? That, you know, I, I don't want to, why would I spend so much money uh, on these great players if I'm going to, you know, to, to, you know, why would I buy matches? I've got these great players I've spent all this money uh, to, to do it with. But anyway, so it became this massive trial. Lots of people yeah. were put up for trial. I think in the end, about 500 people were um, brought to the courts, I don't know how many people were punished, but including people like Wojciech, Janusz Wojciech, um, also including uh, Darius Dubček, the uh, yeah. ex-wedding player and also Polish national team player, Legia player. So, I, I think he was, he was, uh, he got one of biggest uh, sentences. He was banned for five years to, to, you know, to act as a coach. And, you know, many, 
uh, I mean, that's not, you know, certain, but from what I heard, many, you know, coaches and uh, pundits from the TV uh, weren't uh, punished because they were, the, the you know, witnesses. Uh, they just they just said what they knew to yeah. the prosecutors and they escaped uh, sentence. Uh, yeah, you know, they, I mean, they, they were given probably immunity, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to name names because I don't want, you know, yeah, sure. I don't, don't yeah. know that's for sure, but the quite, you know, well-known coaches still coaching an extra class. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really, it was a mass. And people, I think even people who didn't get involved knew what was going on. I mean, one of the, one of the weirdest things of this whole, <clears throat> let's say ironic, funny things of this whole uh, retro phase in Polish football now with the coronavirus is that they're showing every night uh, the, the games and uh, they have this uh, refereeing uh, segment where, uh, which is just <laughs> ridiculous, where <laughs> a referee who was punished for uh, corruption later, Vid Zelazko, uh, uh, is the one who's uh, judging refereeing decisions. <laughs> oh, weird. It's so, just to know that knowledge and watch it now, it's just, to watch it, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, and, and, and really weird. I mean, there was one about last week, which they showed, where it was about an hour-long show, and the controversia, the controversial controversies part where they show the decisions which might be controversial or not went on for like 35 minutes and i was just like this is, this is ridiculous i think yeah i think that's like Bed bednaj was sitting next to him and, and i was just thinking this is just so i mean probably bednaj knows that this guy was corrupt and he's saying you know it's just it's like mind-blowing you know yeah yeah, yeah. you just can't can't uh... Uh, we're talking about this football poker, but you know those archive uh, episodes of uh, Liga Plus on Canal Plus. It's like you know the best documentary ever. You know if you if you know put those guys, put them uh, uh, before the camera, and it just you know it would it wouldn't be you know as fantastic as that. Yeah, I mean it, it is a brilliant like sort of. Uh, view or like let's say way into that world which is just so different these days but but um just to quickly say that basically um Frigia, the hairdresser went on to try to fix things for other clubs where he was uh because he was kicked out of the Rico Bronchi uh, and he finally met his <clears throat> let's say became his dad when he um basically worked with this guy called Richard Nagella who was the owner or the sponsor anyway, I'm not sure the owner or chairman or sponsor of Odra Apole. Um, and basically, uh, Forbrick tried to, basically told him how to buy matches, basically fix loads of matches for him. Um, and then Odra Apole basically um, ran out of money, uh, couldn't pay Frigia's, uh, the hairdresser's fee. So they tried to do it uh, on their own and uh, failed really badly. <laughs> Like, they, didn't, they didn't know the methods that the hairdresser had, uh, was using. Uh, and then I think he went bankrupt and uh, he was taken in and they explained the whole bankruptcy case. And that's when I think he started talking about, you know, the whole behind the scenes thing. Um, and uh, yeah, eventually he was, uh, I must have, is he in prison now? 
uh, the hairdresser? Uh, no, I he I, I think he was he was he was let out just just recently. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a uh, uh, it's it's a weird one. I think I think we've probably talked enough about all this now because I mean there's there's, there's there's other matches we can talk about, including the com the completely fixed uh, match between Shakovyanka Yovoshno and Novi Svitnovi Dvor. Yeah, the the playoff, and also you know uh, I remembered uh, in this great book by Marek Vavrzhinovsky, the book about Great Videv. Uh, yeah. As I recall, I recall there was a, a match between Videv and Shambierki Bytom uh, when those two teams had, you know, one team talk before the game. Because he <laughs> just, you know, you do this, you do that. Uh, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible, yeah. the level of that. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I was just reading just briefly about the Shakovyanka Yabozhna, which is, I think, 2002 to three, And I was just, just quickly typed in on, you know, online. And it's really funny because it says that basically what happened was that Speed, uh, no, that the Yavoshno players tried to buy the match, I think seven of them, and, uh, and they find out about it. So they uh, didn't let them get promoted and Speed, Novidvor, got promoted. Um, but what was really yeah. weird is that they, <laughs> the, the Speed, Novidvor people took the money. <laughs> Those like, <laughs> these people, the people from one club, come over to the other club and try to give them money to lose the match. They lose the match, and then the team that they've given the money to—I'm not sure if they reported it to the, the the police. The the people who got the money. Do you know if they reported it or not, or was it? Uh, from from what I know, uh, seven seven Schwit players were disqualified for life. No, 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 no seven Yavoshno players because Schwit Yavoshno. Sorry, Yavoshna, yeah. Well, one uh, thing is that I don't know how it became known that they gave. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If, if it was the sweet players taking the money and not saying anything, but then their club goes up, it's it's not they, they were given a walkover. But anyway, all these things were happening. Um, it, 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 no, no, it was. It was. I'm, I'm reading it at the moment. It was seven or six uh, Schwit players disqualified. And they still went up because they. The Yavoshna play. Okay, that's is that what happened? So Yavoshna bought the matches. Okay. Yeah, th those those who sold the game were disqualified for life. Shakovyanka went down to Division Two and got points uh, deducted from them as well. Yeah, yeah dug ten points, and uh, uh, from what I know, it was uh, because everyone at Schwit knew what was happening, and it was you know. The playoff was played uh, over two legs, and uh, for the return leg, I think the reserve keeper of Schwit was playing as a forward. Yeah, they knew what was happening. They knew, and they just they, the players just didn't want to play because they, they knew the game was sold, right? But what I'm saying is that the only thing I want to know is how did it become known to the the has uh, a pattern. Well, I don't well, remember. I someone don't can remember. answer that question, maybe. We'll find it out after the thing. But, but it, it, it's crazy. So, Yavarsno didn't go up, right? They're punished. Seven, yeah. Six or seven of the players on the other team that took the money were banned for life and feet were allowed to go up. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you know... They shouldn't have allowed them to go up. They shouldn't have allowed them to go up. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, sorry. 
I mean, if you know the yeah, if you know the answer, send us a letter because we it's a retro uh, episode, so we want letters. Yeah, the, the traditional letters. Anyway, anyway, so uh, uh, and then so we did clean it up eventually, two thousand three and two thousand ten, um, and you know there might be some corruption uh, on a low smaller level. Um, but now, you know, all the extra class of games are live on television. It makes it a lot more difficult. And I think that they did clean up the game quite a lot. I think they got rid of a lot of referees as well, didn't they? Yeah, now it's, you can say it's, it's, it's okay. Maybe in lower leagues, you hear yeah. stuff from time to time, but not in the top two divisions. Um, it would be, you know, impossible now. Yeah, because, I mean, so much is, is, is visible. I think that it also... You know, I mean, we can we can laugh about all this stuff, and it was ridiculous. And I think that uh, Polish football, compared to some other leagues, has done a pretty good job of cleaning up. I mean, I mean, you know, people are so negative about Polish football, but you know, there's a lot of countries where there's still massive corruption. You know, you know, Russia, they say, you know, Greece, obviously, uh, yeah. Turkey. So Poland, this one thing that they've actually done well is they've actually, at least at the top of the game, have cleaned up a lot of this. Um, Anyway, that's, I think that's enough for, for, for this evening. So hopefully you yeah. found this interesting. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to take on next and when we take it on next, but hopefully you found it uh, interesting, this kind of world of, uh, let's say, this, this, this smelly world of, 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 the, of, of this kind of corrupt uh, world of fixing. But uh, it, 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 let, let's just say at the end of the day, it, it, is, um, it is better now. Um, yeah. And... Uh, and it, it's a very specific time, especially I'd say that post '89 time, that first you know 15 years, um, where uh, it, it really was actually probably mid mid 1980s for 20 years, mid 1980s to like 2005 or so, uh, where it's just uh, very crazy, um, and uh, we, we won't talk about all the clubs that were punished because a lot of clubs were punished, right? Like Arca and Zagwembe Lubin and uh, yeah, Gielonia were docked 10, 10 points. I think uh, uh, Gurnik Polkowice went out of business. Gurnik Wenchna also went down two divisions. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like, like my uh, Arka Gdynia supporting mate said, I thought I was going to the football match. And uh, after all those years, I know I was going to a theater. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's obviously there is a sad, sad element of it. We're talking about the kind of ridiculousness of it, but obviously behind it all, you know, a lot of, you know, fans who, who did believe it was, I mean, it's very sad for them um, that you sort of went through it, uh, that kind of period, because, uh, but what is good about it is that it has, it's over, and we can look at it as a kind of historical period, um, and sort of enjoy it for its ridiculousness, let's say, because it's, it's sort of mostly over. Well, definitely over. <laughs> there's, there's no... Yeah. Figures are, you know, there's hardly any real old school figures um, in the game anymore. So, uh, I mean, it's great for stories, but, you know, it's good the corruption's uh, gone. Um, anyway, guys, uh, so thank you for having a listen. We'll hopefully be back relatively soon to talk about something else. We'll let you know what it's going to be. Thanks for listening. Follow us both on Twitter. I'm on Facebook every now and again. You can subscribe if you'd like and leave us a review. So we will speak to you soon and uh, look after yourselves obviously in this time of coronavirus yeah yeah bye bye all the best bye, take care bye bye bye, -bye.